Hello everybody, Daniel Barnett here from Outer Temple Chambers. This is another bonus episode of Employment Law Matters. I think this is episode 39A, because although we do our regular Tuesday episodes, I am in the current crisis slotting extras in from time to time when I think it's helpful. This coming Tuesday's episode is going to be on handling bereavement leave, which I recorded a couple of weeks ago, and there's no mention at all of coronavirus in it. Isn't that nice? But today's episode, which I'm recording early in the morning on the 27th of March, is to do with the two announcements we had yesterday from the government, number one being the self-employed scheme, and number two being the further details on the coronavirus job retention scheme. Welcome to Employment Law Matters with Barrister Daniel Barnett. Let's start with the government package for the self-employed, which was announced by the Chancellor, Rishi Sunak, yesterday, the 26th of March, at around 5pm. He's only announced outline details, although there is a little bit of information up there at gov.uk. And essentially, the government is going to be giving a direct cash grant to self-employed people of 80% of their profits of up to £2,500 per month. However, this only applies to self-employed individuals with trading profits of up to £50,000. That means that if you have a self-employed individual who last year earned £51,000, he or she will receive nothing. Whereas a self-employed husband and wife who both earn £49,000, will get £5,000 per month between them. Self-employed people are going to be able to apply directly to HMRC for the taxable grant using an, an online form with the money being paid directly into their bank account. It's open to those with a trading profit of less than £50,000 in 2018-2019 or, just in case they had a particularly good year, an average trading profit of less than £50,000, averaging over 2016-17, 2017-18 and 2018-19, the last three years. And to qualify, more than half of the individual's income has to come from self-employment. That means that somebody who has a normal PAYE job, but is doing a self-employed gig, such as driving on the side, won't be eligible. To minimise fraud, the individual will need to have completed a 2019 tax return, which normally would be lodged by the 31st of January 2020. But the Chancellor has said that anybody who's late with that tax return will get another four weeks to send it into HMRC. This means that anybody who hasn't been paying tax or has been under-declaring tax in their capacity as a self-employed individual is not going to find it easy or indeed possible to claim their full losses under this scheme. The scheme which is being designed by HMRC from scratch will cover the three months March, April, May 2020, and the grants will be paid in a single lump sum instalment covering all three months, and they'll start to be paid at the beginning of June. People who pay themselves a salary and dividends through their own company aren't covered, but they are covered for the salary element of their earnings by the coronavirus job retention scheme if they operate a PAYE scheme. 
That's really all we know about the self-employed package. So I'm going to turn now to talk about the coronavirus job retention scheme, which is the one for employees on PAYE. Yesterday, the 26th of March 2020, the government published more details on the furlough scheme, the coronavirus job retention scheme. And we don't know if this is going to be it, although they have said more information will be published on the mechanics of making a claim once the coding and online portal is ready, which they hope to be at the end of April or whether there's going to be actual legislation with more detail that can be analysed as any piece of legislation is analysed. But at the moment, we have five pages of guidance notes. Now, it's a temporary scheme open to all UK employers, and it'll run for at least three months from the 1st of March 2020. Employers can use a portal to claim for 80% of a furloughed employee's usually usual monthly wage costs, It's up to £2,500 a month that can be paid back, plus the associated employer national insurance contributions and minimum automatic enrolment employer pension contributions. So it's not £2,500 including NICs and pension, it's plus NICs and pension. And the scheme is open to all UK employers that had a PAY scheme in place on the 28th of February 2020. All businesses can claim, so can charities, so can recruitment agencies, as long as the agency workers are paid through PAYE and they're not working, and so in theory can public authorities, although the government has said that if the funding for employees is provided centrally, as funding is for local authority employees, then the government expects those payroll costs to continue being met through that funding. So it will be exceptional for public body employers to rely on the furlough scheme. Who can you claim for? Well, you can claim for full-time, part-time agency employees, as long as they're on PAYE contracts. And the government has now made clear employees on zero-hour contracts. And for those who have irregular earnings, as as many employees do, including zero-hour contracts, you work out their normal salary by claiming for 80% of the higher of either the same month's earnings from the previous year. So for this month, that would be the earnings from March 2019, or the average earnings that they have earned in the 2019-2020 tax year, which of course will be known by next week, the 6th of April. If an employee is working but on reduced hours, they're not eligible for the scheme and employers have to continue paying through payroll in the normal way. The guidance is very clear, but we knew this already, that in order to justify paying less than 100% of salary, the employer either needs to have that right already in the contract or, far more likely, they're going to have to negotiate and agree the lower pay with each individual employee. Although most employees are going to be only too happy to be told, here are your choices. Either you take redundancy, which, by the way, we can't afford to pay you. You'll have to claim it from the National Insurance Fund. Or we're sending you home anyway because we've got no money. Or you come into work and risk catching the virus. 
or you stay at home and we'll give you 80% of your salary. Most employees in that situation are going to say, I'll take the uh, furlough leave and be only too happy to agree. Employees hired after the 28th of February 2020 cannot be furloughed and cannot have a claim put in for 80% of their wages. That is an anti-avoidance measure to prevent employers hiring friends, relatives, etc. just to be able to get more money through payroll. If the employee is on statutory sick pay or is self-isolating and getting SSP, they should continue to get SSP but after their period of sick pay has finished, they can then be furloughed. Employees who are shielding in line with public health guidance can be placed on furlough. If employers have a choice as to who to put on furlough and they have to select from a larger cohort of employees, they've got to make sure they don't discriminate when deciding who to offer furlough to. Now, I think that it's not going to be discriminatory to offer furlough to vulnerable employees, because although it's indirectly discriminatory on grounds of age against those under 70, if you automatically offer furlough to those over 70, I think that helping vulnerable workers in line with government guidance is a legitimate aim, and this is a proportionate means of achieving that, so it will be justified. I also don't think it's going to be disability discrimination to prioritise those who suffer from serious health conditions, whether or not they're technically disabled, because not having a serious health condition is not a protected characteristic under the Act, and therefore, by not being offered furlough because you haven't got a protected health condition, you don't have a protected characteristic and can't claim Employees are not allowed to do any work when they're on furlough leave, except they can, they can do training and they can do volunteer work. As long as neither of those either provides services for or generates revenue for the employer. If the employee is on the national minimum wage and paying 80% of salary would put them below the minimum wage, if calculated according to their normal number of working hours, the employer's still not going to be in breach of minimum wage legislation because minimum wage legislation doesn't engage if the employee isn't working. However, if they're training, they are entitled to be paid at least the national minimum wage or national living wage for the time spent training, even if this is more than the 80% of their wage that's going to be subsidised. What about employees on maternity leave or contractual adoption pay, paternity pay or shared parental pay? Well, the government said, and I'm quoting, if your employee is eligible for statutory maternity pay or maternity allowance, the normal rules apply and they're entitled to claim up to 39 weeks of statutory pay or allowance. And it's the same for those on the other types of leave. But what the guidance doesn't prohibit is somebody on maternity leave agreeing with her employer to return to work early, because anyone can agree that as long as it's not during the compulsory maternity leave period, the two weeks immediately following the birth, or four weeks if they work in a factory or workshop. They can agree to return to work early, and if the employer agrees, that can be from tomorrow on no notice and then they can be placed on furlough and get 80% of their normal pay which is going to be higher than statutory maternity pay in most cases. 
In theory as well, there's nothing to stop this. The woman can give notice that she wants to switch her maternity leave to shared parental leave. Then she goes to shared parental leave and immediately goes on to furlough, claiming the rest of the shared parental leave period later. The scheme is going to be run so that employers claim through an online portal, which the government hopes to have up by the end of April. And the government says a claim can only be put in every three weeks. So you can't claim for the money weekly. You can't get reimbursement weekly. It's a minimum of every three weeks. But the first payment will be backdated to the 1st of March. Now, this is important. The government has made clear that furlough leave can only be taken in blocks of three weeks. That means you can't put an employee on furlough for a week and then bring them back and then put them back on furlough for another week. In other words, you can't rotate furlough for short periods of time amongst your workforce. However, there is nothing in the guidance that stops you rotating furlough in three week blocks. I don't know whether there's going to be further guidance or further legislation prohibiting that. We just don't know. But as things stand, and this guidance is fairly detailed, there is nothing stopping an employer from rotating furlough leave amongst different employees in three-week blocks. That means if an employer, very simple example, has two employees, they can allow employee A to go on furlough for three weeks while employee B works and then switch them round and keep switching them round every three weeks. To make a claim, we know that employers will need their PAYE reference number, the number of employees being furloughed, the claim period, the amount claimed for the minimum length of furloughing of three weeks, bank account details and contact details, and the employer needs to calculate the amount that's being claimed. HMRC is going to retrospectively audit the claims. So it looks like they're going to pay what's requested. I imagine they'll have very rudimentary checks just to make sure the amount being requested doesn't exceed the amount of payroll before 28th of February 2020. But they'll be doing the detailed checking, checking for fraud after this is all over. Thank you for listening. I hope that's been useful. The information is still coming out little bit by little bit regularly. If you don't get my email bulletins, which is the best place for getting this information, go to www.danielbarnett.co.uk to sign up. For HR professionals, if you're not a member of the HR Inner Circle, www.hrinnercircle.co.uk, please do have a look. I'm sending information out there regularly, two or three times a day, and we have an incredibly vibrant, active community who are posting and sharing information. Probably yesterday, we must have had over 40 different posts on different aspects of furlough leave, and people are discussing it and seeing what other organisations are doing. And it's a really worthwhile place for HR professionals to be www.hrinacircle.co.uk. Thank you so much for listening. If I don't speak to you before Tuesday, next Tuesday's episode is on bereavement leave. And slightly weirdly, because it was recorded before this crisis started, there will be no mention of coronavirus at all. Thank you for listening. I'm Daniel Barnett from Outer Temple Chambers. Bye bye. 
Any information on this podcast is for general guidance only. Always seek legal advice. Please see full terms at www.danielbarnett.co.uk forward slash podcast terms.